Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds, Nick Henyon, and Triv McKenzie are at the controls. Karina Howe and Rob Moreno keep the show afloat from down below as we get ready to take you through golf betting conversation for the next hour. And wow, Mr. Reynolds, what a week. I was I was glued to the TV for about four straight days and enjoyed Almost every minute of it, but what a way to kick off the first major of 2020. Harding Park, Colin Morikawa, the young kid, the Cal Bear, gets his first major victory. I thought the entire event was remarkable. Yeah, more West Coast uh, golf, please, especially more West Coast majors in primetime for the East Coast, early primetime here for the West Coast as it ended about 7 o'clock on Saturday night and 6 o'clock on Sunday night. But uh, well done to uh, Colin Morikawa, shoots a bogey-free final round of 64, 30 one on the back nine uh, broke out of that pack of seven leaders. I think you, myself, and Matt had everybody tied for that lead at one point, except for Marikawa, and uh, he went ahead and uh, and put it away. Shot one twenty nine. That's eleven under par if you need it on the weekend to have the lowest ever final thirty six hole score in a major championship. And he also look led the field in driving accuracy, led the field proximity to the hole. 
led the field in strokes gained putting. And where did he rank coming into this week? And what kind of kept me off of him? 164th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. And that's what I always say with majors. You don't have to be a great putter. You just got to putt great for yeah, four days. And, right. and, and that's what he did. And he was, uh, you see on the graphic there, he was first in uh, strokes gained putting this week. And he was also pretty solid everywhere else. We know his irons are like arguably the best on the PGA Tour right now. But it wasn't his irons kept him. It was basically his tee ball being so accurate off the tee. It's what coaches always say, like if they're in uh, football or basketball or whatever, any other sport, you get in position to be in position. Yeah. And that's what Colin Marikawa did. Those, the tee ball game put him in position and then he went bonkers with the putter. Some amazing things that Morikawa did on Sunday, and this was after shooting 65 on Saturday. Typically, you don't follow that up with a 64. He saved par from 22 feet on the very first hole. He saved par again from 26 feet on the sixth hole, and then the two iconic shots on the back nine. He chips in on 14 from out of the rough for birdie, and then Wes, uh, the 16th hole, drives it perfectly right at the flag to end up maybe 12 feet from the cup and drops it in for Eagle. Yeah, I was texting with some buddies. I was like, if he just makes birdie here, we're okay. Paul, Paul Casey was one of my guys, and he had a chance to birdie 18. It's like, we're okay, but... But once what? But once he eagled the hole, uh, it was all over. And uh, just 23 and a half years old. Usually, to win a major championship, you've got to go through a little pain and maybe come up short once or twice. Even Jordan Spieth at a young age, before he won the Masters the year before, he was tied for second. But uh, Colin Marikawa said, "The heck with that. I'm just going to go ahead and win it right now." 27 pro starts on the VGA Tour, and he's already got a major. Only Tiger Woods uh, and Jerry Pate did that faster. Well, you talk about the young guns winning major champions. Our major championships. This is the ninth PGA champion in the last 11 years to be in their 20s. It's the 18th of the past 21 PGA champions to have a win earlier in that same season. Morikawa, of course, has the win at the Workday Charity Open coming into this one. And now majors combined. 13 out of the last 18 majors, Wes, have been won by a first-timer. We're seeing young kids win, and we're seeing youth win and hoist trophies in their first chance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're also seeing class players when he came in. Uh, I believe that's now like 33 in a row. We're a top 50 or better player. He was number 12 in the world coming in here. He's now number five in the world. Would actually, if he had played, if he'd played more events because he hasn't met the minimum events in terms of the divisors, how they come up with those official world golf rankings, he would be number one in the world at this point if he had the minimum events. Well, Colin Maraca was absolutely impressive, but I, I was just as thrilled with the TV coverage and the golf course in San Francisco I thought from start to finish and in these challenging times it was a wonderful event absolutely uh, uh, I thought uh, it was a challenge but it wasn't overwhelming it wasn't they didn't dummy it up too much to just make it impossible so uh, I thought it was very successful and it was certainly entertaining and uh, we have a very deserved champion in Colin Marikawa this is Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Daniel Rappaport of Golf Digest will join us shortly to preview this week's event, the Wyndham Championship. But, uh, Wes, I want to continue to look back at the week that was the PGA. The Long Shots crew, you, me, and Matt Humans, like you say, we had this thing surrounded. I had DJ and Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler at 151. I had Xander 
contender. You had Jay Day, Rosie, Casey, and Finau. Matt had Brooks Kepka, also had Jason Day, and a few other guys, but uh, it was Mr. Morikawa that emerged, and unfortunately, the long shots crew, none of us were on the little guy. Yeah, we had him surrounded, but just didn't get it to, to the wire. Uh, DJ ends up tied for second. It's pointed out now, 0 for 4 in converting 50-hole leads in majors. He's now the runner-up in the PGA Championship in back-to-back years. He was, of course, runner-up at Beth Page. Uh, Paul Casey, look, I had a bad number on it and thought I was maybe going to cash a ticket. I was like, would I rather cash a ticket on a bad number or have a good number and not win? I'd rather take the former. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Paul Casey, best major finish of his career. He was trying to become the oldest first-time major championship since Roberto Vincenzo did it in 67 at the Open. Uh, the guy that really you could make an argument, our colleague here at VEASAN had a nice bomb ticket on Matthew Wolf and that yeah. our colleague being Mitch Moss. Uh, tied for fourth. He was first in the field, strokes gained tee to green, second in strokes gained uh, off the tee, third in strokes gained approach, but of the 79 players that made the weekend, Brady, 66th in strokes gained putting. And uh, that's a might have been for Matt Wolf, Tony Finau, obviously another near miss. 31 top tens uh, since the 2016-17 season without a win. And then Jason Day, Another top seven finish finishes uh, tied for fourth. And uh, I got to touch on Kapka, too, before we get to our guest. Was tied for fourth heading into Sunday and obviously said, oh, you know, he kind of made some comments that he wasn't really threatened. And look, I like confidence and, and we need guys. It makes it more entertaining for guys to wear the black hat. But. It was kind of nice to see Brooks Kepka eat a little bit of humble pie on Sunday. This show is brought to you by our friends at Indeed from the Indeed.com studio. Find high impact for hiring in your business needs. Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact for more information. We go from breezy, chilly, foggy mid-60s to calm, humid, sticky mid-80s as we transition from San Francisco to Greensboro, North Carolina for the Wyndham Championship, the final tune-up before the FedEx Cup playoffs. And to help us take a look, let's bring in our guest. It is the member guest segment here on Long Shots, and joining us now is Daniel Rappaport, formerly a golf writer with Sports Illustrated, now a staff writer at Golf Digest, and you can follow him on Twitter at Daniel underscore Rappaport. Daniel, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us here at VEASAN. Before we dive into the Wyndham, we'd love to hear about your experience and some of your impressions of the PGA Championship, the golf course, Harding Park, and of course, the 23-year-old champion, Colin Morikawa. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun week and a, and a pretty awesome Sunday. You know, the world kind of deprived us of major championship Sundays for 13 months, and then uh, I guess they kind of rewarded us with a with a Sunday for the ages. But no, it was it was uh, a hugely impressive performance, right? I mean, a 23 year old kid um, getting his real first taste of a major Sunday. I know he played in the U.S. Open last year, but finished in the tied for 35th range. So he, you know, he, this was his first time ever really being in contention. Um, and he couldn't have passed the test any harder than he did. The chip in on 14 to uh, finally be the one to emerge. It seemed like everyone was stuck on 10 under. No one could reach 11 under. And then knowing he had the lead, or I think he was tired at the time, to, to pull off that shot on 16, which is um, he's going he's gonna to do well to hit a, a better shot than that for the rest of his career. That's how good that one was. And to make the eagle, too. Um, yeah, he just took the tournament by the throat, and he, did, he didn't look back. And I was also hugely impressed by it two stress-free pars on 17 and 18. And um, yeah, I think golf has a new superstar in Colin Morikawa. 
Daniel, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Bash brothers, that being Dustin Johnson and uh, and Brooks Kepka. Uh, look, uh, DJ obviously has had a stellar career. He was exempt for life on the PGA Tour before he was 35, does have a major, but uh, has l- looking to get that second major and even maybe more, but has had a couple runner-ups and, and a couple bridesmaids here. And do you think maybe not getting that second trophy so far, is that going to continue to wear on him or is that going to propel him? And then the second part, Brooks Kepka. Uh, look, he, he 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 ran his mouth a little bit and had to and had to eat some humble pie on uh, on uh, Sunday. But I'm sure uh, that's not going to change his uh, perspective going forward. Yeah, you know, I think with DJ, it's kind of a funny one, right? So so the media narrative, and I'm guilty of this, being in golf media, is that oh, you know, he hasn't won his second one, and that's wearing. On. I don't think he really gives a crap. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean. He, <laughs> If you've ever seen him speak, it's like, oh, it's all good, you know. There's there's no stress ever. He's not one. To, he's not a rather a particularly emotional individual. Um, I think it bothers everyone else a lot more than it bothers him. Um, of course, he wants to win that second major. Everyone wants to win any golf tournament they tee it up with, tee it up in. But uh, of all the people on the PGA Tour to be affected by by not winning something, I think DJ is in the the bottom handful. He's just not the kind of guy to let anything really phase him. So I think it's kind of in one ear, not the other. And with Kepka, yeah, you know, it, it kind of crossed the line, didn't it? It felt that way. Um, you know, e- even Tiger Woods in his prime, I don't think would, would say something so directly personal. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, I'm, I'm really confident I've been here before. It's another to kind of cross the line into criticizing, and I, and I would say disrespecting um, you know, the number four player in the world who, who has 21 tour wins. And I think Rory McIlroy's response, um, I asked him on, on Sunday, you know, what do you think about the way that Brooks comports himself and, and the, what he says around major championships? And, and you could tell he was ready for the question. Um, and he said, look, I try to respect everyone out here. You know, if you've won a major, doesn't mean you've only won one major. It means you've won a major. And it's hard to knock someone with 21 tour wins, which is three times what Brooks has. And from talking to a few other players and coaches in the sport, I think he was kind of speaking for everyone. You know, it, it, it felt like Brooks crossed the line a little bit which is, I guess, okay if you're going to win the tournament the next day, but you can't say that stuff and then shoot four over the next day. You just can't. He is Daniel Rappaport, a staff writer at Golf Digest, and you can follow him on Twitter at Daniel underscore Rappaport. Daniel, let's get to this week's event, the Wyndham Championship. It uh, is a tweener here between the PGA Championship and the FedEx Cup playoffs, the last chance for these players to advance into the top 125 in FedEx Cup points. Tell us about Sedgefield Country Club a little bit. What skill sets do you see being needed this week to have success in Greensboro, North Carolina? Yeah, you know, I haven't been there, um, but, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a classic layout that guys typically tend to go pretty low at, right? So, so JT Poston last year, um, he won the tournament without making a bogey for 72 holes, which I think is the only the second time on record that's ever had, that's ever happened on the PGA Tour. So going to need someone who's, who's comfortable uh, taking it low. You know, Sunday at Harding Park was kind of a war of attrition. This is going to be um, definitely some more birdies. Uh, it's par, I think it's par 70, so you'll probably see a couple scores in the low 60s. Um, so d- definitely someone um, with a hot putter who's, who's pouring in the birdies. Someone who I really like, who's, who's kind of really flown under the radar and kind of dropped from where he was a couple years ago this week, is Justin Rose. Um, I think he's 18 or 20 to one um, on most books. He finished ninth last week at the PGA, despite not hitting it his best. He really hasn't been hitting the ball well for the better part of a year now. Um, but I like what I saw last week, and he is putting really, really well. So if he can have a, 
a good ball striking week where he gets close to where he was in 2018 when remember this guy was number one in the world um then i think he could he could win his first tournament since last year's farmers insurance open and then someone else who i keep got my eye on is jordan steve i know that that's uh kind of a wild call these days he was really up and down at the pga which is how he's been the last couple of years i think he shot 77 or 78 on saturday and then 67 on sunday so the birdies are in there and he's got a couple of solid finishes he was he was 10th i think um, at Colonial and, and 13th at the Memorial. So it, I do think it's coming. I really do. And I think a, a setup that's not so punishing off the tee where, you know, last week when you missed the fairways, you had to punch out. This week, you're still going to have a chance to go for it. I think Spieth can ride a hot putter to a really solid finish this week. And I think it'd be, a, you know, a great confidence boost and great for golf if we can see him um, win for the first time in God, over three years now. Daniel, uh, this question, I guess, more in a macro sense in terms of the field. Uh, obviously, they can still play to get into the FedEx Cup uh, top 125 points in order to advance into the playoffs. But usually you get a little bit of an extra wrinkle and you don't have it this year because of the, of the schedule uh, uh, changing is that these guys aren't going to lose their cards if they don't finish in the top 125 and there's no promotion from the corn Ferry tour because there are no finals this year. Uh, do you think that's going to change a little bit of the way in terms of the pressure for these guys in terms of how they play this event? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for, for the guys on the fringe, it, it's definitely not quite as much um, pressure as it usually is, right? Like the the prospect of staring down another year on the Corn Ferry Tour, not being there is very different. But make no mistake, I mean, these guys, I think I'm looking it up right now. I think last place in the FedEx Cup um, gets $101,000. If you if you make the uh, if you make the Northern Trust, if you make the playoffs, you get a hundred grand bonus. So that's, that's a lot of money. And, and, and yes, they won't be losing their cards, but making the playoffs – definitely will give you higher priority to getting into tournaments next year. So yes, you're right. Not as dramatic as it would be otherwise, but still it's an important week and guys do want to get in the playoffs because it's, it's very lucrative to do so. You know, you get in playoffs, you have a couple of solid weeks, all of a sudden, you know, you finish 20th in the FedEx cup standings and there's an extra 500 grand. So don't underestimate how much these guys are motivated by money. It might, might not sound like they would be given how much they all make, but they absolutely are. Um, so I think the process of getting into the FedEx cup playoffs and, and having a shot at that $15 million uh, payout is definitely going to motivate a bunch of guys. It, it, it will still be a pressure-packed week, although not not as much as usual. And, Daniel, kind of piggybacking off of that question and your answer, uh, usually in the Wyndham you do get a fair amount, uh, more so than you would expect, of European players playing this event. And you've got uh, several Europeans just outside that 125, Shane Lowry, Matt Wallace, Rafa cabrera Bayo, Sergio Garcia, Danny Willett, Brandon Grace, albeit he's a South African, but plays a lot on the European tour. Uh, what, what about the approach for, for these guys this week? And do you like any of those guys to potentially contend knowing that hey if I don't make the 125 I'm probably not going to be playing until the U.S. Open because they can't exactly travel and just go pick up shop on the European tour yeah I mean I think a lot of these guys put a lot of pressure on themselves kind of accidentally this year right so they, they they spent a lot of time in the beginning of the year in Europe playing those events in the Middle East because they were planning on having all this time to play a full summer in the United States and make the playoffs. But obviously when COVID happened, um, it took a lot of starts away from them. So, you know, a lot of these guys have only played six, seven events in the PGA tour this season. And now they're like, Oh God, I gotta, I gotta get going. Um, someone I like is Shane Lowry. You know, he, he, he made the cut last week. 
Um, he was he was semi contending for a little while before he started hitting it pretty poorly. Actually, snapped a five iron over his knee, which was pretty impressive. But he's another guy who's, who's, who can really get hot with a short game. I think he can take a load this week. Sergio Garcia. Also, I know he missed a cut last week, um, but he's been playing solid, if unspectacular golf, kind of a couple finishes in the mid thirties. Um, so keep an eye on those, those two guys um, this week. But yeah, a lot, a lot of these guys did not expect to have to play the Wyndham championship to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. Did not expect to have to, you know, post a solid finish to, to be able to play golf the next couple of weeks. So it's, it's another interesting wrinkle for sure. And Daniel, we don't always see these big names at the Wyndham Championship. You're, you mentioned Spieth and Justin Rose. You've got Kepka and Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry and Sergio. You talk about these are not typical faces we see year in and year out at the Wyndham Championship. As far as a winner this week, do you think maybe we'll get one of more of the traditional names? You know, Webb Simpson, Brant Snedeker, Ryan Moore, Billy Horschel some of those medium price guys that usually take this tournament, or do you think it will be one of the big guns that emerges victorious this week? Yeah, I think just if we're, if we're playing the law of averages, probably, probably one of the big guns, right? I mean, there's, there's a reason they're, they're the big guns, you know, you, that's another kind of unintended offshoot of this whole pandemic is a lot of these tournaments that usually don't get very good fields and no disrespect to the window, but like you mentioned, a lot of guys usually take the last week of the regular season off to freshen themselves up for the FedEx Cup playoffs. You got a lot of the best players in the world playing a lot of events that they wouldn't other wouldn't wouldn't otherwise play. So it's I think it's really exciting for the Wyndham to get to see all of these guys um, competing. And yeah, you know, I think, like you said, I'm looking at the field now. Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed is there, Paul Casey is there right after finishing second. Um, Abraham Answer, who's a, a really good uh, rising star from Mexico. Um, Brendan Todd, who played well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun week, and I, I do think you're, you're more likely to see someone like Webb or someone like Brooks or someone like Justin Rose win than, than a JT Poston from last year. Uh, Daniel, got about a minute left here, but I uh, did want to get your opinion on the U.S. Open or any early uh, takes that you might have on that. Look, uh, I know we just got done with the major and we want to celebrate Colin Marikawa, but with this season being so condensed, we're already looking forward to the next one, which is a little less than a month away. And uh, wanted to see uh, maybe where you were leaning or if you had any guys that stood out to you early for Wingfoot next month at the U.S. Open. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how Morikawa plays. Um, you know, he he's a guy who finds a ton of fairways and, and and a ton of greens, extremely accurate. And typically, those guys tend to fare well in the U.S. Open. Um, obviously, he's, he's giving up a little bit off the tee. He's not quite as long, probably twenty five, thirty yards shorter than someone like Bryson or Tony Finau. But if they get the course really firm, um, he'll be able to move it out there definitely far enough to compete. So I think all eyes are going to be on him, right? I mean, he's number five in the world right now. He could be even higher after the FedEx cup playoffs. There's a, there's a good chance he shows up to Wingfoot as, you know, the number two or number three player in the world. This is a guy who played in college last year. You know, he's still one of my favorite stats. He's still the defending PAC 12 individual champion because obviously they didn't have a, a, a PAC 12 tournament this year. So he, it's going to be really interesting to see how he backs it up. And then Brooks again, man, any, any big hard golf course, with a bunch of rough Brooks is going to be in there with a chance. And, and obviously, like we mentioned, he's going to have a little bit of a, he's going to want to make up for that Sunday performance. And, and the, he definitely is going to want to show the haters that they, uh, he's not going to be down for long. So I think Brooks and, and Morikawa are two guys that kind of jump off the page. I'm excited for that one. It's a home game. I don't have to travel to sleep in my own bed. It's going to be a fun week. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Daniel. Great stuff. Again, he is a staff writer at Golf Digest, and you can follow him on Twitter at Daniel underscore Rappaport. Daniel, enjoy the Wyndham Championship. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good one. 
Very good stuff there. Brooks and Colin Morikawa at the U.S. Open. Brooks, uh, I would expect a bounce back. He's currently at 12 to 1, the favorite at the Westgate. Colin Morikawa all the way down to 20 to 1 to win the U.S. Open at the Westgate Superbook. We'll be back. We'll talk Tiger Tracker next up here on Long Shots on VSIN, the sports betting network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From the Indeed.com studio, find the high impact hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact for more information. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on Long Shots. It is our Tiger Tracker segment. Tiger Woods finished tied for 37th at the PGA Championship. And Wes, I think it's about what we expected. He had wonderful bookend rounds of 68-67. But in between on Friday, Saturday, it was the putter that did not cooperate. No, it, it really didn't. And uh, he finally got some to drop on Sunday with a uh, three under round to finish uh, one under par for the championship. But uh, I think it kind of bared out, I think, to what we thought going in, as we talked about on last week's show. And we talked about it with uh, our friend Jeff Sherman uh, over at the uh, Westgate Superbook USA here in Las Vegas, who was baiting him in a few matchups. Uh, he just didn't have the reps. And yeah. I think now... And 
and and what I brought up last week in terms of uh, why I may take a fancy to him for the U.S. Open at Wingfoot next month is he's going to have some reps. He's currently 47th in the FedEx Cup uh, standings. Uh, top 125 play the first week at the Northern Trust. Then they cut it to 70 for the BMW and then 30 for the Tour Championship at Eastlake in Atlanta. And look, he's got a chance to make a move. He's at least going to be guaranteed to play the first two events. Now, he's got some work to do if he wants to get in that top 30 and play at Atlanta where he's won a, a couple times. So uh, I think once he just gets some rounds under his belt and some competitive golf, and keep in mind these are going to be very good fields uh, by and large, even 125, uh, like I was saying, at the Northern Trust and then down to 70. So he's playing against all the top guys pretty much in the world. So if we see some good performances out of there, uh, this might be, and I, I don't have the exact price right now, but this might be the time if you're looking to maybe buy him for the U.S. Open, this would be the time because if he goes off, and he contends in one of these playoff events, all of a sudden you're going to be looking at prices in the low to mid-teens. Right. Right now at the Westgate, he is currently 30-1 to 1 to win the U.S. Open, which is a pretty nice number. He spoiled the party for some betters at the PGA Championship, too. First of all, to make the cut, uh, he did make it by just one shot. And then also on some of his head-to-head matchups, you mentioned uh, Jeff Sherman fading him in a number of matchups. I think Jeff fared okay there. Uh, but Tiger did surprise, beating Patrick Cantley in a head-to-head. Also, Matthew Fitzpatrick and Ricky Fowler. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and the thing about Tiger and what you notice with some players when they're kind of out of it, maybe they just kind of go through the motions and play really quickly if, they, if they're teeing off early and not in contention to win. I give credit to Tiger Woods, and that's why I call him the greatest grinder in the history of the game of golf, because he doesn't give up. No. He didn't quit. He said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and play and and give an honest effort, and he did, and he shot three under par, and actually the round probably could have been a little better. He missed a couple makeable putts where he could have maybe shot five or six under on Sunday, so... Look, I, I think he's okay. It's it's just getting the repetitions. It's how about just... the uh, how about the three ball bet on the opening round on Thursday, playing in the same pairing with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, and Tiger wins that three ball on Thursday. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, just uh, uh, Rory was kind of up and down all all week. Yeah. Really, uh, there were times he showed the flashes of of Rory, and then it looked. I think it was. I think it might have been Thursday or Friday where he had like three or four birdies in a row. It's like, oh my God, here he comes. Yep, it was Friday, I believe. And then the 12th holy triple bogey mm-hmm. after yeah, four birdies. Yeah, he hit a, a bad row. chip and uh, just got in trouble. And uh, there went his chances. And, and same with Justin Thomas. He never really contended uh, during the week. I think he went out with Jordan Spieth. He was one of the first groups off on uh, Saturday and shot a decent round. And Jordan Spieth uh, yeah, proceeded to tumble down the leaderboard. But, uh, yeah, Tiger winning that pairing with, with, with those two guys who have both been number one in the world at some point this year. Rory, of course, and Justin Thomas was number one. Uh, now, uh, with Justin's poor finish at the PGA, John Rahm gets the number one ranking back. But we know that uh, Colin Marikawa, once he gets the maximum amount of events or the minimum events, rather, for the divisor and how they tabulate that ranking, Marikawa eventually could be the number one player in the world so 
number one rankings, man, these these change, it seems like, on a week-to-week basis out here. You mentioned Jordan Spieth, similar to Tiger. He shot two very nice rounds in the 60s and then two poor rounds uh, that left him uh, deep on the leaderboard in the championship. Tiger is not in the field for the Wyndham this week. His playoff status, as you mentioned, is solid at 47th in the FedEx Cup points. Uh, but I think we're definitely going to see him from what he said uh, at the PGA. Looks like he'll tee it up next week at TPC Boston for the Northern Trust. Yeah, and he doesn't have a win here. He does have a runner-up back in 2013. Adam Scott won uh, won that year. Actually, it was at uh, Liberty National when it was at the uh, Barclays. So, uh, look, I think he's going to show a little something in the FedEx Cup, and you're going to get a, a price cut uh, in his U.S. Open odds. We're going to get to see him a few times over the next few weeks before the U.S. Open. And speaking of the Open, we'll talk major implications next right here on Long Shots on VSIN, the sports betting network. championship on the schedule is the United States Open Championship. They will tee it off on September 17th in Mamaroneck, New York at Winged Foot, historic Winged Foot. We saw Winged Foot in 2006 host a U.S. Open. That was the last one, Wes, and it was Jeff Ogilvie winning after Phil Mickelson hit his tee ball into a hospitality tent on the final 72nd hole of the championship. This is the sixth time Winged Foot will be hosting a men's U.S. Open also hosted a PGA championship in 1997 when Davis loved the third one. But traditionally, all these championships that we've seen at winged foot, the finishing scores are around par or worse, above par. And I want to know, what are they going to do to this course to tame these guys that are uber talented in today's game? Yeah, in 2006, now that's a long time ago, there's a lot of changes that can be made. The winning score was Jeff Ogilvy, and it was really a battle of attrition, as we were yeah. kind of talking about over the break here. Uh, one at five over par, uh, made a couple clutch pars down the stretch. Uh, Jim Furyk, Colin Montgomery, Phil Mickelson all had chances to win and didn't get it done. So, uh, and and the course I think played back then as a par seventy. I believe it was a, maybe a little Might have bit been a less. Seventy one. I you know I, I read something earlier today. They're going to play a hole as a uh, par five this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. that I believe in 06 played as a par four. Yeah, you may be right because uh, I remember. The, the cut that year was, I believe, nine over par. Wow. Because they did 10 <laughs> shots and ties. I think the uh, second round leader, if I recall, was uh, one under par. And in fact, it was. It was Steve Stricker. And the course was about a little under 7,300 yards. And we know, look, the USGA. Nobody can try to make it, can can gimmick up a course and make it harder than the USGA can. So uh, they've had now a couple extra months to be able to do that. So I think that they're going to do it. I don't know if five over par is going to be the winning score, but I wouldn't say very many more than a few under par. I don't think this is going to be like some of the U.S. Opens that we've seen in recent years, like at Aaron Hills a few years ago when uh, Brooks Kepka won at 16 under. Gary Woodland won at Pebble Beach last year at 13 under. It's probably... 
going to resemble another U.S. Open more recently that's kind of played in that Long Island area, and that would be Shinnecock Hills. Uh, weather had something to do with that, too, but Brooks Kepka won that at one over par mm. uh, at the uh, – at the uh, U.S. Open at Shinnecock. And uh, Tommy Fleetwood finished second, had a 63 on Sunday to finish second place. And uh, that's a guy I think we were both talking about. I know we don't have anybody in pocket, but Tommy Fleetwood would be a guy I would target. I know he faded a little bit on the weekend. He was in that final pairing on Saturday with Tong Lee. And then uh, got it back to even par, rallied late on Saturday, and then I think shot three over on Sunday to finish down the board. But all he needs is more reps. And he came over here, once he came over from England uh, uh, during the pandemic, uh, his first round of golf he played over here was a practice round at Shinnecock Hills and shot a 64. Now, not exactly a USGA setup at this point, but that shows, I think he likes this area of the country. He would be a guy would be definitely looking at. I know he's in that 30 to mid-30-ish range, uh, so he would be a guy I would look at. And I do think that this is going to play more like a typical U.S. Open. This is not going to be something where somebody's going to shoot double digits under par. Yeah, I agree with you. I took a look at the course today and A.W. Tillinghast Design, who is also responsible for Baltistral and Beth Page Black, where we saw the PGA Championship last year. Uh, narrow, tree-lined fairways, some dog legs, some very difficult greenside bunkers, very fast greens, and they have some false fronts and undulations. It's going to be about 7,500 yards in a par 70 this year. What would your guess, Wes, and we're talking about the level of difficulty of the course and its history of winners being over par. What are they going to set the winning score prop at? Is it going to be even, minus four, you know, minus eight? Where would you go for the winning score proposition bet for the U.S. Open? I could maybe see around 276, uh, uh, four under. That kind of seems right to me. Uh, the last major was obviously way back in 97, and the PGA is a different setup. Davis Love uh, was 11 under par, 269 right. that year. So I don't think it's going to be like like an over par type of thing, but probably somewhere four or five under, I think. It's kind of like with Harding Park, right? Mm -hmm. We see the winner, Colin Morikawa, get to 13 under. You could argue that maybe a a winning score was more around 11. The Mm -hmm. the winning score proposition bet was at 10 and a half. Uh, But if the USGA was setting up Harding Park, you might see the winning score at three under. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so same thing with Davis Love in 97 gets to 11. Uh, this time around, the winning score might be you know three or four under. I, I think that's maybe where your winning score prop is going to end up, maybe between four and six. Pars are always good scores at the U.S. Open yeah. uh, because you're not only playing the competitors, you're playing the course, and the USGA absolutely takes that to heart. They do not want people shooting double digits under par on their courses, and sometimes that's always kind of one of the big storylines going in it's not just the betting and the players and whatnot it's how the course is going to play probably more than any other major because they never want to let the course get away from them and they have a couple times obviously Aaron Hills it never really the wind never really blew so guys were shooting double digits under par fairly easily anyone you have in pocket already I know you tipped your hand a little bit there about Tommy Fleetwood he is of great interest to me as well uh, anybody uh, that you do have a bet on already or that you're thinking of other than Tommy Fleetwood nobody as of yet but uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be monitoring the board and uh, look that's what we do with the PGA sometimes you get a good number like I did with Bryson DeChambeau even though he didn't get the win he got in the top five and then I had a bad number on Paul Casey and he ends up finishing tied for second with a couple breaks might have been able to win the thing so 
these numbers are going to be fluid and they're going to change and you just want to time the market correctly. I think you're really going to have to look at a guy that hits the ball straight. Mm -hmm. you, you look at that 2006 U.S. Open, it's the usual suspect. Steve Stricker, you mentioned. That guy could be at the top of the leaderboard at the midway point again this year in his early 50s. Jim Furyk. They were both, yeah, they were all on the leaderboard. All, all guys that were accurate hitters, strong greens and regulation numbers. I think those are, if you're looking for statistical angles, those are what you're going to look at. Tommy Fleetwood fits that bill. Uh, you look at the odds at the Westgate. Brooks Kepka is the favorite at 12 to 1. I don't know if I'd want to be on Brooks right now because, you know, accuracy off the tee is a little bit of an issue for him. Rory McElroy and Dustin Johnson are at 16. I'd probably look to them before I looked at Brooks. Tiger Woods, we mentioned at 30 to 1. Not a bad number on Woods. Yeah, not at all. And uh, and it may get cut if he shows kind of it in these FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, look, uh, guys that are knocking on the doors, the John Roms, the Xander Schauffele's, kind of the better players not to win a major. DeChambeau, I think you would include in that as well. But uh, they're going to see some action and uh, can't really necessarily argue against. If you like Webb Simpson, you might want to get on him now. He's at 30-1 to 1 to win the U.S. Open. He is the favorite for the Wyndham Championship this week, and if he fares well, that number to win the U.S. Open may drop. Gary Woodland is your defending champion. He is at 50-1 to 1 at the Westgate. Justin Rose at 30-1. to 1. Justin Thomas, another one of the group, at 16-1 to 1 at the Westgate to win the United States Open. When we come back, we'll go over our plays. Matt Eumanns, Wes Reynolds, and myself, our plays for the Wyndham Championship, right? Right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. A course that rates the highest in each factor is Bally High Golf Club, a tropical golf course paradise located on the Las Vegas Strip and in the shadows of some of the most famous hotels in the world. At Bally High, designed by award-winning architects Brian Schmidt and Lee Curley, you will find hundreds of mature palm trees, lagoon-like water features, beautiful bunkering, and a stunning clubhouse home to Sealy Restaurant and an indoor-outdoor patio experience and event space. The course offers Bluetooth technology, caddies upon request, jello shots, like beverage cart staff, VIP service from curb to course and back again, high quality food and beverage, and a par three challenge where you can double your money with one swing. The stunning Bally High Golf Club, located in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip, is a golf jackpot, and there are many reasons why. Play today to learn more about the Bally High experience or reserve your tee time. Call 888-427-6678 or visit ballyhighgolfclub.com. That's B-A-L-I-H-A-I golfclub.com. It is time for the match play segment here on Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you where we go over our plays for the week. It is the Wyndham Championship sandwiched in between the PGA and the FedEx Cup playoffs. The final test for players to get into the top 125 in FedEx Cup points and advance into those FedEx Cup playoffs. We will start with Matt Eumanns' plays. We all narrowly missed out last week on Colin Marikawa. He was about the one guy that was not on our card. We had him surrounded. I was talking about that with Gil Alexander on the numbers game. It's like Brady, Matt, and I were like a SWAT team, and we've got the perp <laughs> surrounded, and the perp gets out the back door and gets away, and that perp was uh, young Mr. Marikawa. He sure did, and uh, an incredible performance indeed. But this week, Matt is on Justin Rose, comes off of a nice performance in San Francisco. He's at 25 to win, uh, 25 to 1, doesn't play a whole lot here at the Wyndham, but certainly a class player. Kevin Kistner makes a lot of sense here with his history uh, at the Pete Dye course, the TPC uh, Sawgrass, and also RBC Heritage, who match up well with Sedgefield Country Club. Snedeker, a winner here before. I was on him a couple years ago when he shot 59 to open that tournament. JT Poston, your defending champ at 77 to 1. And then Doc Redman, not far away from Clemson University at 80 to 1. All of those plays make sense. I'll just go one by one quickly. Uh, Rose, uh, look, uh, was fifth back here in 2009. Uh, the fact that he's playing this week shows that, uh, look, he's safely in the FedEx Cup. I mean, he's not going to gain a ton of points, but uh, I think uh, he wants those reps, so he certainly makes sense. Kisner, as you mentioned, the RBC correlation. He was very good uh, putting la last week out at the PGA, so maybe he keeps it going. Snedeker, I wanted a little bit more, but Snedeker is the ultimate course for, uh, horse for course here. Donald Ross design, he's won at Eastlake in Atlanta. JT Poston, the defending champion here, who won, I believe, at about 100-1, to 1, uh, and uh, is in the uh, high 70s as as Matt played. Uh, Poston also finished, I believe, eighth or tied for eighth at the RBC Heritage. And there is a yeah. real big course correlation. Right. Even though that's a Pete Dye design and this is a Donald Ross design at Sedgefield, there is a huge correlation between uh, success at the RBC and success here. So Matt's playing off that. Doc Redman, 
kind of fits the, the ball striking stats are pretty good and also kind of fits uh, a little bit of a Donald Ross link in terms of uh, how he succeeded last year in the 2019 Rocket Mortgage Classic. I believe he was uh, right. Right. I he think was, third. Yeah, he was second or third right behind Nate Lashley, who won that pretty comfortably. But uh, his stats are good. Very yeah. accurate off the tee. Strokes gained approach is solid. The one thing that scares me a little bit is his ability to scramble. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll ask you what you looked at this week. I looked at driving accuracy accuracy strokes gained on approach greens and regulation a combination of that scrambling which is very big here with the ross greens the smaller greens that have those runoff areas and collection areas where you have to be really good at chipping the ball around the green and then par four scoring we've got another par 70 here yeah i looked at the same strokes gained approach if you look i believe six of the last seven winners here at the Wyndham championship uh, have rated fourth or better on strokes gained approach for the weeks that they won so i looked at that also looked on the uh, strokes gained t to green Three of the last four winners have rated first or second, respectively, in tee to green. So that really matters here. And then, of course, you got to get a little bit hot with the putter on the Bermuda here. So I looked at that, driving accuracy in GIR, as you said, and also par four performance from uh, 400 to 450 yards. I believe eight of the 10 par fours, uh, or eight of the 12, rather, measure at that length. So uh, kind of a quick little rundown of mine. Uh, Harris English, uh, 31 to 1. I know you and I have both used him a couple times over the I summer. I looked at him hard this week, and I may still add him. I'd love to see that number get to 35. Right. One guy that you have that I toyed with, and I'd like his number to get to 100, that's Henrik Norlander. This guy's been playing very well. Very accurate driver of the golf ball. Tenth on tour in driving accuracy. 46 in strokes gained approach and 43rd in par 4 scoring. Yeah, Norlander is a former teammate of Patrick Reed at Georgia State University and uh, had to go back on the Corn Ferry Tour to get his card last year and did so. Tenth in DA as you said, 19th in GIR. So even higher when you, that's overall on the tour. That's not in necessarily in this week's field. The number's much higher. But uh, first time PGA Tour wins, kind of a semi-regular occurrence really here yeah. at the Wyndham. Mm-hmm. Seven of the last 13 years, uh, JT Poston, Siwoo Kim, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Arjun Atwal, Ryan Moore, Brant Snedeker all won their first events here so you could definitely see that Norlander uh, in the 90 to 1 range he's well within the top 125 he's got three top 10s on tour so he doesn't have to worry he's going to make the FedEx Cup playoffs now he can just go focus on winning and then uh, just quickly back to English uh, I wish the number was a little better but he's in such good form and it'll kind of get ignored because he hasn't been right there for a win but seven of the last eight events top 20 or better including a T19 uh, had a great son at uh, Harding Park. He did. Uh, he rates in the top 10 in strokes gained putting for this week's field. T to green, also GAR. 66 on Sunday, as you mentioned. That was the fourth best round in the field, and it tied him with Rom, DeChambeau, Reed, Finau, Day, Casey. Pretty good company there to be able to, to shoot that number. So uh, Harris English, uh, a guy that I uh, definitely like this week. I wish the number was better, but I went ahead and dove in over 30. I took a look at Russell Henley. You have him there at 51 to 1. His stats certainly make sense. Uh, Maverick McNeely is a guy I like. I do want to touch a little bit on Maverick McNeely because he doesn't have course history here and he's only 24 years old, but I'm going with the motivational angle here. I'm not 
not going course form or the usual angles. Motivation here for McNeely. He didn't make the PGA. He had a chance to maybe get that spot and win the Barracuda. Didn't really make any birdies on Sunday and finish seventh. So he had to sit at home. By the way, he's a Bay Area kid, as yes, you know. Is. And he's also the uh, son of one Scott McNeely, who is the co-founder of Sun Microsystems. So he's a uh, rich kid of a billionaire. So <laughs> sometimes you question his passion a little bit because it's like he could go into business. He's not really hurting for money. He just happens to be good at the game. But what might ignite his passion this week is he had to sit at home while the PGA was kind of in his backyard. I think Portola Valley is the the town where he's from, which isn't far from San Francisco, about 40 minutes, and had to watch a Cal Golden Bear, Colin Marikawa, (laughs) win the PGA, who was kind of a guy that he played against. McNeely, of course, is a Stanford grad. Marikawa, a Cal Golden Bear, around the same age. He's only a few months younger than McNeely. Another thing with Maverick McNeely, his uh, paramour, if you will, his uh, girlfriend is named Danielle Kang. And if you follow the entire golf world, Danielle Kang on the LPGA Tour is now won in back-to-back weeks. She is now the number two ranked women's golfer in the world behind Jin Young Ko. So you got... Your mate coming home. He's behind bringing, in the house. Yeah, there. yeah. You got your mate coming home bringing <laughs> two trophies when she gets back from the road here. That's interesting. You, you, the, you, you, you got to show something. The, the the correlation there. Colin Morikawa goes to Cal. His girlfriend is a great golfer, nearly turned professional, I believe. Played at Pepperdine, and then you have Maverick McNeely, the Stanford Cardinal, whose girlfriend is one of the best in the world. So some similarities between those two. We'll get to my plays now here for a minute. Wes, I had to go chalk. I mean, Webb Simpson is just the absolute stud at this golf course. Like you had mentioned, he named his daughter Wyndham after he got his first win here at this tournament. Now, I have not played him there just yet. It shows on the graphic uh, at a little better than 10 to 1. That's at Circa. I'm really waiting for an 11. That's kind of my threshold. I want to get Webb at 11, but his stats, his history, you know, I I bet him for a top 5 finish already. He's finished top 5, I believe, the last three years in a row. So I went with the Weber, and he's got great history. History at the corollary courses, uh, RBC Heritage, of course, he won it this year. He's done well at the Tour Championship at the past. And if you look at course correlation to RBC Heritage, you look to TPC Sawgrass, where Webb is also won. So mm-hmm. he checks a number of boxes this week. I know the number's low, but, you know, I got him at 14-1 to 1 to win in Phoenix. I, I might try him again here. Uh, Billy Horschel, who's been playing some pretty solid golf. Uh, Harding Park may have been a little bit out of his league, but... Uh, Billy Horschel has won at Eastlake, another Donald Ross design. He did well at Pinehurst in 2014, another Donald Ross design. 33 to 1, would have loved 35, but I think Billy can perform well here. And uh, Horschel is 50th in the FedEx Cup standings, so he is certainly grinding to get into that top 30. Uh, Ryan Moore, who is at 91 in the FedEx Cup point standings, uh, Ryan Moore had a good round at uh, Minnesota for the 3N Open, uh, almost finished top. Top ten there. He withdrew he has a win from here as well. He withdrew from the PGA as well. Uh, had a spot in the PGA, but uh, decided not to give it a go. So I wonder if that's a good sign that maybe he's just concentrating and needed a week off, and he's concentrating on this event where he's had previous success. Yeah, hopefully his health is good. And not only has he won here at Wyndham before, he has two top fives at East Lake. Mm-hmm. We've talked about East Lake, the uh, home of the Tour Champion, and that's always a good field because there's only 30 players that make that Tour Champion. 
championship. So that's not against chumps. Exactly. And uh, so, again, a correlation course there uh, where Ryan Moore has had success. And then finally, my bomb is Bryce Garnett. And Garnett has some good numbers this week. He's very accurate off the tee, a great ball striker. He's 15th on tour in greens and regulation, also a good putter and uh, does well on the par fours. The only thing where he uh, has a little bit of a weakness is the scrambling. And that's going to be big this week, but that's why he's 150 to one. And that's a pretty good number. So uh, we'll see if we can have some success this week. We've been picking a lot of winners, but we uh, weren't able to latch on to Mr. Morikawa this week. No, we weren't. And uh, but a well-deserved champion is Colin Morikawa. He absolutely earned that. Uh, no shame in uh, being defeated. But unfortunately, we don't cash the outrights. No, he is a wonderful champion. I'm thrilled for the kid and uh, more success to Mr. Morikawa. Next week, we kick off the FedEx Cup playoffs at TPC Boston for the Northern Trust and Rufus Peabody will be by to join us on the program. Enjoy the golf this week, everybody. It's the Wyndham Championship, and this is Long Shots. Thank you for watching right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.